everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. Today, my special guest is Jun Jolie, who is an award-winning children's book author and food ethnographer. She's the co-author for The Chef Roy Choi and The Street Food Remix, which is part of the Food Heroes series. It was a Robert F. Sibbert Informational Award honor book. She's also the co-author of Sander Katz and the Tiny Wild, which was released in June 2022. Both books were published by Readers to Eaters. Hi, Jinjo. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Hi, Nancy. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I have to tell you, um, for those who are listening, um, you can't see this, but I have a copy of the Chef Roy Choi um, Street Food Remix book, and it was just a lovely read. Um, some of my favorite things within the book, I, I adore the, the Robin and papers. These are great. I just love this design aesthetic. Um, yeah. The illustrations are fantastic. I feel like it really connects to the vibe of the locale. I adore the little informational, um, informational like pullouts about the food, the culture that was wonderful. One of my favorite um, spreads, of course, is for those who are listening, um, you got to get a copy of the book, but it's um, this spread with the family as they're sitting around and then they end up, you know, taking that time to go to the booth and then um, they make food together. That is something I can relate to because that mealtime was kind of sacred growing up. And I love the use of the wording of the best good place. And then it kind of ends on the second page, uh, Roy's best good time. So it just really flowed so well together. So um, I enjoyed the story that it told about his his life and his um and his passion for food. And then at the very end, I really enjoyed all of the information that you supplied, for both you and the, your co-author and the illustrator, um, regarding the reasons why you chose um, to write the story. So um, thank you so much. This is like such a informationally jam-packed book. And I was like, no wonder why it's award winner. Thank you. Um, that favorite spread of yours where we yeah. talk about dumpling time. Yeah. Did you notice what the, so all the side dishes um, at a Korean table is called panchan. We actually have a side note that explains what panchan is, but can you see the secret message, Man One, our illustrated? I, oh my gosh, I see it now. That's fantastic. Yeah. It says LA. And um, when our editor publisher first got the illustration draft, he said, that looks really wrong. That's not how panchan is arranged on a Korean table. And you rearranged it. And Manwan said, but look, it says LA with all the side dishes. So this is also one of my favorite spreads of yeah, it's just such a familiar moment and just my upbringing. It's like everything kind of stopped when it was like that mealtime and we had to get everything set up. Um, everybody, it was always funny. We'd kind of eat in a certain order and how things were passed out. Um, yeah, it was, it, it brought back some really nice memories. So thank you. Where did you grow up, Nancy? Oh, I grew up in Idaho <laughs> of all places, but you know, it's, you know, having, um, you know, Korean family and just kind of growing up like food is such a big part of, I feel like that 
upbringing at least that because it just feels like the things that we I grew up eating it was um just very time consuming to make and then prepare and it was even sometimes difficult finding ingredients and things like that but um but speaking of food because I wanted to have you explain because I'm sure you could do a better job than I could because I mentioned in the intro that you were a food ethnographer and could you talk about what that is and how that's influenced some of your writing? Yeah, so um, I, a food ethnographer, I I think I kind of uh, made that up for oh. the work that I do in the world. Um, I studied cultural anthropology mm. and um, ethnography is a methodology. It's a way of uh, interviewing and observing and um, deep, deep listening to what's people say and what they don't say and making sense of our common narratives. And I, um, I started working out at, at a consumer research firm in Bellevue, Washington, uh, with a bunch of anthropologists and a few sociologists and one psychologist. And um, we worked for the food industry. So uh, we did... Uh, research with um, consumers and ask them specific questions. For example, you know, uh, General Mills wanted to know when the whole gluten-free trend started coming out, will consumers, uh, you know, how will consumers react if we put gluten-free on Cheerios? And so we had to explore that question um, or, um, you know, uh, what is real food value? Like, what is value um, that consumers are looking for in food? Um, and and we had to explore that for Frito-Lay, for example, uh, and understood minimal processing to heavily processed foods and how to edit ingredient um, lines. And so it... It came from doing consumer research, uh, applying anthropology and using ethnographic methods. And I was doing that since um, 2005 and just collecting such wonderful stories from people about what their approach to food was and the role of food in their life. and. And I always wanted to write a book and, and share um, how I saw was, uh, I think, a good way to think about, to approach food. And my co-author, Jacqueline Briggs-Martin, um, actually invited me to co-write this book with her, Chef Lloyd Choi, because she lives in Iowa and grew up in Maine. And uh, the subject matter is a urban LA uh, Korean American chef. And um, I'm so grateful for Jacqueline for that invitation. And so we started writing it together. And I think my ethnographic approach um, is embedded in how we did the research and how we told the story. Um, but essentially, this is my this is the culmination of all that ethnographic research going into people's homes 
and going shopping with them and seeing how they prepared and planned and, and ate uh, food. And it boils down to two, two, two rules, okay. um, which is um, uh, cook with sonmat. And sonmat is explained in the book. It is uh, one of Chef Roy Choi's favorite expressions, sonmash, she says, with a little hip-hop twang. But sonmat, son means hands, and mat means um, flavor. So cook with the flavor in your fingertips. Cook with, you know, the traditions of where you come from, your grandmother's um, flavors, your mother's flavors. Um, and and eat with shiku. Shiku is the Korean word for family. So just like you were mentioning on that favorite spread, family is Roy's best good time. And in Korean, shiku is chosen family. So it means um, the people you eat, work, and play with. And so behind this uh, graffiti illustrated uh, biography about Chef Roy Choi, who started food trucks in LA, um, is this deep message, which culminates from me being a food ethnographer. So the food rule, two rules I have is cook with sonmat, with uh, food flavored by relationships, and eat with shiku, with your friends and family. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. But it just very much come through in the reading of the book because I was just like, um, I was fascinated with how, you know, you took somebody's life who, for me, I um, imagine it one of the difficult or challenging parts of writing a nonfiction story is one person may have done so much in their life. And I was curious how you and your co-author decided what were what would be those story beats that you would kind of or what were things that you did to kind of narrow down in order to fill a children's books uh you know story for that yeah um so Roy Choi and I are the same age born roughly the same time and uh, I was born in 1970 and we both came to America at the same time from Korea so our parents um, immigrated here, and um, he was actually one of those Korean chefs, along with David Chang and Ed Lee, and there was a whole group of Korean chefs that started just popping out, um, and about, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and people would ask me, why are these Korean chefs starting to come out? And, you know, what's going on? What's what's going on? And as we were doing research for the book, we realized it was a change in immigration law. So it really went back to 1965 repeal of the popularly known as the Oriental Exclusion Act but that would limit immigration from non-European uh, countries. And so in 1965, once that, um, that limitation of immigration started, which is in some ways a very strong, big, invisible wall, um, 
right? You don't see that wall. It, it's 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 a legal wall, political wall. Um, uh, people like myself and uh, Roy's, our parents were able to immigrate. And so if you think about the, just the trajectory of our careers, you know, when we were in our thirties, uh, it started, you know, we started to express, um, express ourselves and some people expressed themselves through food and so became, um, uh, famous for that and started putting the food that they grew up with at home that we all got teased about, you know, (laughs) stinky. and um, that sort of thing. And so I think it was really important to start with the immigration, with the, with the describing the growing up and the immigrant experience of growing up for Roy in LA. And it was really, really important to share how central food was to family life. Um, so that was really important. And then the arc of his career, what put Roy on our um, on our maps in terms of food was he started the modern food truck. Um, and the way the modern food truck is defined is really uh, being able to be on social media, to geolocate, to tell people where you're going to be at because it's a mobile truck. And so uh, Chef Roy Choi's uh, Kogi barbecue business uh, food truck was the first business on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And that's how he would let people know where he was. And so it was really important to show kids the story of um, how he came to be the, you know, started his food truck business. But really for us, the reason why he's a food hero and this is part of a food hero series so far we have four books in the food hero series is because he um he wanted to feed people everywhere um and so he had started a business which eventually um, closed down called local where Mm -hmm. he wanted to put you know these um food businesses in um places where there were not much uh, access to handmade good food made by people in your community. And so um, without soda pours, <laughs> which is the way most fast food businesses make money is through their soda pours. Um, and so I think the local, that was what inspired us. But there were the pieces of immigration and what it was like to grow up in an immigrant household, you know, the latchkey kid sort of whole thing. Um, And uh, being teased by your friends for, you know, being different, for singing different songs and eating different snacks. So that piece was definitely in there. Mm -hmm. Um, There was uh, his mom actually sold kimchi from the trunk of her car at some point. And so we wanted to build that bridge to um, Roy uh, selling taco, Korean tacos from, you know, a car. And so we we chose these stories that kids might connect with that led to, you know, the food truck scene and then um, to his eventually wanting to keep growing the people that he fed, that he served, um, which was local his local project. Wow. Can I ask how long did the writing process this 
with you and your how long because this is a lot of research this is a lot of deep diving in what you want to say uh, for two writers to meld together this story how how long did this process take you to do yeah that? I think it took us about um took us about two years um and many many google documents uh drafts uh later and we actually uh, met for the first time doing research and you can see the book uh, in the back of the book there's a picture <gasps> of me and Jackie um yeah of Jackie that I took at local <gasps> in okay. LA so that's when we met to actually work on the book together but um, we worked uh, remotely through Google Docs and phone calls and, and, and many, many drafts. Wow. Well, it, it flows beautifully and it's just really well written. And I was like, oh, that's not surprising at one award because <laughs> it's just like I was just really entertained because like a lot of times when you think of like, oh, a story that is informational, but it was very compelling because I like the up and down arcs of his story that, you know, he he overcame some, you know, the adversity like from early on and then later on in his career. I don't want to give all of it away, but it's just that that kind of um, flowed really well. And so I was really happy at the end of it that, you know, he was successful and was able to bring that that food to his community and just um, give back to his community and things like that. So I thought that was, it was a wonderful take on it. It's kind of like, you know, like it, it's very approachable the him as a, as a person. I, I try not to think like he's a character because I've been reading so many um, fiction children's books, but he's a real person. He's somebody that's tangible, real. And so that it really comes across in the story, the level of research. Yeah, it's interesting when we were asking some of his um, friends, like his uh, part people who work in his business, that we were writing a children's book, they all said, well, that can't be possible because, you know, he has, um, he has a pretty strong personality. So they couldn't <laughs> imagine a children's book uh, version of uh, Chef Roy. And uh, we wanted to pair street food with um, street art. And so Manuan, this is his first book. He's a graffiti artist in LA. And, uh, you know, he really never imagined uh, as a graffiti artist uh, illustrating a children's book. So in a lot of ways, it was uh, a little subversive. And um, yeah, so we, we, had, we had fun with this. I don't know if you've noticed the cover, but there's the cover has mixtape. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, that was really that cool. Was yeah, because it's like it speaks of a generation that I, I do know what that is. It's, it's like historic. Yeah. Kids are like, what what is that? But I love that in the illustrator's note, man one says that um a chef Roy Choi was actually a sponsor for his graffiti spirits exhibit and that full coming around to having like that interconnectedness with the art and with the um with the story like um I I think he was an excellent choice because one of my favorite like illustrations in here as I love this um uh my apologies but it's um if you're listening you can't see it but it's the 
he's like reaching out and it's like he's kind of DJing with the food. It's a really fun spread. And I think it shows the personality of the the community, but also of uh, the chef of, of Roy Choi. So I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, it's such a it's a fun spread. I love the background spray paint kind oh. of graffiti work yeah. in the back. Um, so I just thought it was yeah. And like I said, I really I really love the ramen and papers. I don't yeah. know whose idea that was, but I thought that was great. I love that. I grew up eating those things all the time. I was like, yeah. so. and you know what I realized was uh -huh. ramen is something that we as uh, we modern people share we all love ramen and uh, no matter you know where you come from um, ramen tends to be a standby for especially kids and students because um, you can make it pretty much anywhere and customize it and it's really inexpensive so it's really really an accessible shared uh, food. It's really tasty. Well, um, I had to ask you because it's an award-winning book and that is such a great honor, the the Sibert um, Honor Award. Um, can you talk a little bit about how how did you guys find out? I, um, I always love to ask award-winning authors and illustrators about that moment. Like, do they like, you know, did you get a call? Did you did you have any idea that that was going to be an award-winning book as you were writing it? Um, you know, what was that experience like? Yeah, no, we we didn't have an idea. We were so honored and lucky. Um, uh, no, because Jackie, of course, Jacqueline Briggs-Martin, my co-author, yeah. Uh, one of her um, beloved books. She she's had a forty year writing career, and she's won the um, Caldecut. So uh, one of her books, uh, the illustrator, won the Caldecut um, for that. Um, so she's had experience, but um, we uh, we had no idea. And um, for Man One and I, this is our first children's book. So applying food ethnography to uh, children's literature and for Manwan applying his graffiti art to children's literature. And we all got the call separately. And I remember it was a midwinter ALA and we were having um, a, a group dinner uh, sponsored by our distributor. So I am actually married to Philip Lee who um, founded Reader's Theaters, our publisher. So my publisher is my husband. And that's probably how, no, definitely how I got invited to co-write this book. Um, but we were having a publisher's dinner in, I think it was Chicago, very cold. And I got a call. Philip kept telling me, you should turn on your phone because I rarely answer my phone and answer your phone. And so midway through dinner, I got the call and went outside because it was so loud. And um, and yeah, it was the cyber committee and they were so excited and um, they were all there and they yeah let us know. And I had no idea. And um, uh, it was it was like uh, it was remarkable. Um, to be in a community of people who love children's literature. It's, it's just remarkable. 
you know, where it feels like uh, the Oscars. <laughs> so, yeah. And we subsequently, I think uh, we were at Texas Library because it was also a Texas Library um, uh, contender. Wow. And I think we were able to um, host a, a lunch or breakfast with all the committee members just to thank them for deep gratitude for understanding our story. And it was just so wonderful to meet everyone. And so then we heard the stories of all the decisions it took. You know, it's like a, it's, it's a, it's a deep, deep honor. That's all I can say. Well, it's, it's well-deserved because it's like the research, the level of thoughtfulness, um, and just, just all the information about his life in those pages. I thought it was fantastic. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's wonderful book so um yeah I, I i think that's exciting and it's wonderful that you know for your fir first book i'm just like wow and to be able to um follow it with this food series like um and then your um recent release the sandor i apologize if i'm saying his name wrong but the sandor cats and the tiny wild mm -hmm. um sure. book yeah yes so like how do you narrow down um that you're doing this series and then how do you know who you're gonna pick next and how did you decide that you're gonna pick um sander cats for this for the story yeah so um jackie started the food hero series with farmer will allen and the growing table and then she followed up with alice waters and the trip to delicious and then when, um, as, as publishers, we approached her to write about Chef Roy Choi okay. because he was really bringing this remix culture in. And we thought kids could totally relate to food trucks and Korean tacos and, you know, just um, street, like street food, street art. Um, and so then she invited me to cooperate and we had such a good time even before we finished we were starting to think who's next who do we want to write about as our next food hero and um uh you know i've been i've been following tracking chef roy Choi since the beginning since 2009 um the, as a food ethnographer it, he'd been right there um, uh, at the start of that whole food truck movement. And another person I've been tracking is Sandra Katz and um, as a fermenter. And I, I fall in love with each of our food heroes. And I think every book that I will write will have the word kimchi in it. So Chef Roy Choi, of course, has the word kimchi in it, and we even have it in a um, little uh, bubble and uh, where we say kimchi is fermented vegetables, similar to sauerkraut. It is tangy, briny, and a, a little spicy and delicious. And so you can see that I was already thinking about Sandra Katz. So um, as a food ethnographer, you know, just uh, studying food culture broadly, I came across uh, Sanders' uh, first um, hit called um, Wild Fermentation. And in that book, oh. I finally understood that 
German sauerkraut is the same thing as Korean kimchi. It's just that we, in Korea, we just add more, you know, dazzle. We add more spices like garlic and ginger and chili, but it's essentially the same thing. And, um, and Sander, in fact, invented an, a word, krauchi. He put sauerkraut and kimchi together and uh, said krauchi. And so for me, that was a deep, deep revelation that cuisine actually connects us and that we are all, all human beings here on earth. And that, you know, rather than using food to separate us, which was a theme um, in Chef Roy Choi with the snacks, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kids teased him about his snacks. So as I started doing school visits through Roy Choi, one of the, um, one of the um, insights that I want to share with kids is that, hey, look, you know, you could use food as a a wall to divide you, or you can use food as a bridge to connect you uh, to your friends and their their worlds. And so, um, you know, I think that idea was deeply uh, fermenting in my own brain brine as I was uh, on school visits and as I was writing Chef Choi with Jackie. And so Crouchy. Uh, and my own self-understanding that, um, you know, it's, we're all this, we're all human beings enjoying delicious food and in relationship with each other, but also with um, the microbes all around us and with the plants all around us. And so I think that's, that's how we landed on standard cats. I you know, he helped unlock a little puzzle of myself and my own identity. And so I think that's why, you know, oh. kimchi was something I grew up being teased for, yeah. was ashamed of because it was stinky and people made fun of me, kids made fun of me and adults would say, oh, you know, we don't eat that here or yuck or, you know, and yeah. so I think that's why. Yeah. We all we 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 all like fermented foods, from kimchi to cheese to coffee, chocolate, um, you know, ketchup, mustard. Uh, it's all fermented. I I love that word play that you mentioned. That would like kids would love that. So they'll love that reading, just hearing those uh, that wording and then the message that you're talking about. Like I can relate. I have a. I've made some friends recently, other artists, and one of them's from China, and she was so sweet. She was kind of enough to invite me over because I'd always wanted to know how to make Chinese, the the dumplings, and that there's something about when somebody shares their food culture with you and they take the time because a lot of it is when it is like part of something they've grown up with, it's usually not just go get McDonald's or something fast food where it's very instantaneous. Like when it's that thing that they loved and grew up with that their families passed down, there's that time, there's that effort. And when somebody will share a family recipe with you, I was so honored that she would share that with me. And like just the level of 
when she would show me how to do the meat or roll out uh, the dough for it, just like, you know, you, you can't stir it that you're stirring it the wrong way. You need to stop and stir. It must be, you know, all of these little details that make that food part of what her family grew up with. And that she told me that her dad would make these dumplings with her and that just the memories. And then she would shared it with me and I felt so honored so it's it's wonderful that you're doing that with your children's book stories. Yeah, thank you. Um, and you know, you were honoring her, so you were both like reflecting each other and honoring each other. So as much as you know, yeah, to um, to 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 witness to bear witness to each other's. Um, family food traditions to your sonmat, food flavored by relationships. That's what yeah. you were doing in that dumpling play. And there's a reason why we included the dumpling scene among many um, scenes. It's because dumplings always came, comes up as um, a family time for so many people. And they're so good. <laughs> they taste they, delicious. They're <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah. I, and it doesn't, yes and it, it doesn't matter if they're steamed they're fried or whatever they're really delicious I go like I don't think there's a bad way to make one of them <laughs> they're just so good but um I'm sorry it just it it just what you said was very yeah that really speaks to me um in terms of like yeah your story and then just from personal experience so I think a lot of um the children but also the parents who read that to their kids you know things like that I think it's something that they could re really relate to mm -hmm. I hope so and now you mentioned the illustrator man one so can you tell uh, tell us a little bit of like how did you narrow it down to his um, artwork to be the illustrator for the book yeah so that is um, something our publisher has great delight in so every uh, we work with our book book designer. So, you know, there's so many different components to a children's book. There's the, the text, the story by the authors, and then there's the illustrator. And um, we work, we've been working with um, Carol Boltz um, for many, many years. She's our book designer. And so um, we put the word out on the street and um you know she was turning up some um illustrators uh we always look for first time illustrators young fresh um expressions of um illustration um and uh by young we mean sorry <laughs> fresh i should just say fresh first time by young i mean first time as an illust children's book illustrator um and uh, we had this idea that we wanted it to be street art. Mm. And so actually, Man One came to us through my food ethnography work. So one of my friends um, works for a flavor and fragrance company in uh, Switzerland. And so they create many of the fragrance and fragrances, flavors in our foods, also our cars, like the car industry is a huge supporter. So that new, the new car smell is actually a very well documented, like researched fragrance um, uh, 
you know, uh, my friend has this joke, why are Burger King burgers more delicious than McDonald's burgers? And the answer is because his company supplied the flavors. So, um, so I know that his responsibility, his role in the company is to discover trends. And part of where his trends come from is from the street. So he's been tracking graffiti art for years and years and just traveling all over the world, tracking graffiti art to get a feeling and sense of how culture is uh, moving and changing and transforming. And so he knew Man One in LA. And, you know, I when I do anything, I ask everyone, hey, do you know of a, you know? And so my friend said, yeah, I know this great graffiti artist in LA. And so that's how we got introduced to uh, Man One who'd never, dreamed of writing illustrating a children's book actually so um so that's we invited him in and he he's he's super awesome yeah it's been really fun to work with him it's wonderful and I was curious so um by the time you've written your the story you and your co-author and then it's passed on as you said it's a collaborative process um at what how long did it take you then to get the physical book in your hands to yeah so it took us probably two years to get the draft going maybe a year and a half to get the draft to a point where now we could start looking for an illustrator so at that two-year mark then man one started turning in drafts and so it probably took um, another year and a half from there. Oh. So I think it took a total of three and a half years to get it into um, the book. We also have a book production person and um, who worked with the illustrator and book designer. Uh, editors um, went over multiple manuscripts and time with it. So just a lot of people. And then working with our distributor, PGW, um, and then really it's the fun part is working with um, librarians and educators uh, and, and just seeing if the story would and illustrations, if the book would resonate with them. So that's all part of, I think, the life of a book is actually all of that. Well, it's just... Um... That's fantastic. It must have been such a feeling of, I don't know, when you open that box of the first print run of those books that you've worked and it's such a long process and it must have been such a feeling of <laughs> satisfaction to see it in physical print and then to go and see um, kids read it and librarians share it. It must have been just phenomenal. It was um, and it, a little bit nervous because you oh. never know like how it's going to be received. Like you can write your story and, you know, be really vulnerable in that way and put it out in the world. And because this was my first time being um, a writer and author, I, I still hadn't had that uh, identity. So, you know, I was a little nervous and shy and like... Um, yeah, 
it takes a lot of time to actually for me to understand took a couple years after you know the book first came out to realize wow i i am an author uh because it was it it was always something that i dreamed about as a since i was a little girl um books were always my best friend um i'm an only child and i grew up um partly here but also in korea and so really often books were my my best friends and another thing is it becomes a legacy those books that you write can be enjoyed for many many years and i feel like it's it's so well done that this is a book that will be around for for many generations for people to read and enjoy thank you yeah. yeah, all that effort, because I, I realized like reading that book and then reading about um, your background in the research that you do, I was like, it, it's fascinating. I was like, oh, I don't, I, it gave me an insight into the level of detail and the research that writers often do to make it ring true, I guess. I mean, because it, it is about you they, you and your co-author. It's a beautiful emotion, this journey that um, Roy Choi goes on. But it just was so authentic. It was so well, you could tell it was really real research. So um, it makes me more yeah. mindful in the future of like how I would research and make sure that I've done kind of my due diligence to understand what I'm writing and how I'm projecting it because yeah. of the audience it's you know and because it's out there for a very long time it is if you're lucky if 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 you're lucky it's out there for a long time um that the book will live on for a while and in fact um Chef Roy Choi's uh, Spanish translation is just coming oh. out so I think uh, we just, that was so pleasurable to open the box of the first um, paperback in Spanish. That was really, really fun to see. Yeah. And, and it really lives on in um, when you do school visits and do readings and interact with the, with the kids, I think is the, just the best I love them. I love um, connecting with kids through my two favorite uh, subjects in the world, uh, books and food. Mm. <laughs> that's my that's my happy place. Well, oh, and my next question is, do you have any suggestions for new writers who are kind of delving into nonfiction? Um, for how to approach writing? I know that's such a broad question. Um, I just, um, what nonfiction writers, because I've been collecting as well, there's a few nonfiction um, children's books and I'm just like fascinated by, yeah, like the level of detail, how they capture the story of a, a person, but how do you how do you get started with this? writing process is there any suggestions or or tips you might have well 
So I'll, I'll speak from my authentic faith, which is, um, for me, all my books will be grounded in ethnographic research because that is, that is, uh, that is who I am. So, um, they're all grounded in deep, deep curiosity. So being curious and open and, and, um, observing, uh, and sensing and feeling for what is unique, but also what we share in common and, uh, and I think curiosity is a really good antidote to judging even like for me, you know, it's so hard to judge. It's so easy to judge, right? Um, whether I like it or not, or wrong or right or left or right. Um, uh, it's so easy to come from a judging place. And so curiosity is that antidote to just be open and curious and, um, and ask, uh, ask uh, why and so for me, I start from my ethnographic center because it's it's how I am in the world. Mm. Um, it's my it's my uh, power. It's my you know superpower. Yeah. Um, and and. Uh, And ask those questions no one else is asking you from a deep place of wanting to know yourself. So, you know, like it's, it's really starts with deep inside you in a place of um, honesty and vulnerability, I think. So with each book, um, I have become a more, I have learned more about who I am and where I come from. Um, and so for me, both the books have been that process of more deeply um, um, being curious about the world, but also being uh, honest about who I am. And so um, I grew up Korean in Korea. My parents live in Korea. Um, and I was taught to hate Japanese. Mm -hmm. I was actively taught to hate Japanese. And also on the flip, be ashamed of being Korean and being colonized and, you know, all those sort of messy, murky things. Um, and my mom is actually a quarter Japanese. So it's like self-hatred in some ways. Uh, it's all, you know, uh, that. And in Chef Roy Choi, you can see a trace of that because when we discover, when we um, talk about the five tastes, I do not use the word umami, which is a Japanese oh. word because it was that glutamates were discovered. The glutamate receptor was discovered by a Japanese scientist. Oh. And so I use purposely the word savoring. Oh. And that was a, like a deep sort of internal, like kind of, 
like uh, discovery of who I am. And so by the time I got to um, uh, uh, Sandra Katz and the Tiny Wilds, where he talks, he says sauerkraut, kimchi, same, <laughs> you know, it's fermented vegetables. And in fact, let's create a word for it, crouchy. Um, I, I realized the, the sort of the dividing lines I was holding, the fragmentation and approach to the world I was holding. And so if we were to reissue Roy Choi, um, I want to change savory to umami and call it umami. Oh, and so I guess that might be a little exploration of how I approach writing is how I approach um, like deeply understanding who I am and where I'm from while also being deeply curious about the world outside of me as well. Well, well thank you. That is very helpful in understanding the writing because I'm, I'm fascinated by how every writer approaches their work and and thank you so much for sharing that advice yeah you're welcome and I was curious I know you have lots of stories because you're a writer so is there any things in your future uh, books that you want to explore or projects that you're currently working on that you would want to you're able to share um yeah, I have a few um, cooking. Um, so Jackie and I are thinking about the next Food Hero book. Mm. That's for one. And I'm also thinking about a younger book around um, around um how do we learn how to eat? So um, oh. I, I can't say much more than that, but uh, it, yeah, I'm very, very fascinated by how we teach our kids um, what to eat. And so I think there's going to, there, that has been in the works um, for a while. Um, yeah, I actually have a working title, um, and, uh, but I, I, I don't want to share it here. Oh, that's okay. No, no pressure. No, I just think it's fascinating. Most of the writers that I know, they just have so many stories and ideas and, um, and I think it's, that's great. I, I can't wait to see, um, the future books and I will have to pick up that Sandra Katz book as well. And um, since this is a podcast and nobody can actually see the books, where can they go to find them? Yeah, they can go um, to uh, bookstores online. Um, so it has national distribution. Um, so you can you can pick it up from your you know independent bookstore to um, online booksellers. And if they don't have it, then please, please ask for it. Uh, libraries are a great place to also find our books. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for sharing um, your writing um, journey with us. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to My Creative Life. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>